Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Thursday, September the 17th. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Coming up, an Ashford mum talks about the impact hygiene poverty had on her and how she's hoping to stop it happening to anyone else. And we have the latest from an animal park following a large fire. But first today, more than a dozen families in Canterbury have been told they face losing their homes. Some of those living in former army accommodation at the Howe Barracks in the city say they received bombshell emails telling them to move out. Well, our reporter Jerry Warren has been following this story for us. Firstly, Jerry, the barracks actually closed in 2015. So how come these families have been living there? Well, Nicola, yes, there is a bit of a controversial background to this, which dates back to 2016. Uh, the MOD sold much of its housing stock to Annington Homes and leased them back. Uh, and back in 2016, it wanted to get rid of 152 of those homes and hand them back to Annington. The City Council bid for them, hoping to add to its housing stock in Canterbury, but unfortunately was outbid by Redbridge Borough Council in North London, who promptly installed its tenants uh, in those properties, which didn't go down very well. And the same thing happened uh, in 2019 with a further 32 properties. Now, there are these remaining properties left, which uh, the MOD hung on to, Uh, and it has been um, renting them out to local tenants. So the housing setup is a bit complicated. Any idea why they've been told to leave? It appears that the MOD no longer wants these homes and wants to get rid of them completely and end its lease with Annington um, and has told the tenants that they must leave. Uh, They've given them six months, which they say is quite generous, Uh, Oddly enough, Annington are completely unaware that these notices have gone to tenants um, and they've issued a statement saying that um, uh, they weren't be told about this by the MOD and they'll work with tenants. But of course, those tenants are are very anxious. Uh, They say that uh, renting in the private sector is much more expensive and they simply can't afford it. And certainly there's no availability on the local council housing list. And it's not just the families who are unhappy. Councillors and even the city's MP have reacted to it, haven't they? Yes, of course, the the families are very anxious about their futures. Um, But they are getting uh, support uh, from local councillors and even the city's MP. Uh, They've stepped in to find out what's going on, to see if they can help anyway. And there's any way that these families can be kept in the homes where they've lived for two years. Now, Annington aren't saying what what they'll do yet. Um, the, the MOD have given six months, as I said, for the families to find alternative accommodation. But the hope now is, is that some arrangement can be made where the families continue to stay in, in the properties that they've made their homes uh, and they have jobs and schools locally for their children. Um, they're saying that they could be even forced to move away from the area to find cheaper accommodation. Now, the uh, Canterbury MP, Rosie Duffield, says she was going to raise this with the Ministry of Defence. So it's going to be interesting to see how this, how this develops. But I think everyone hopes that the outcome will be a good one for those tenants. Thanks very much, Jerry. We will, of course, keep you updated on any future developments. Next today, and the number of coronavirus cases recorded across Kent has now reached 10,000. According to latest stats, Ashford has the highest number of positive tests and Tunbridge and Morling the lowest. More than 1,300 people in the county have died with the virus since the pandemic began.
The wife of the former Dover MP jailed for sexual assault says she'll support her husband's appeal against his convictions and hasn't ruled out getting back together. Charlie Elphick was jailed for two years earlier this week after being found guilty of attacking two women. Natalie Elphick, who is the current MP for Dover, claims it was an unfair trial. Dozens of inflatable dinghies used by asylum seekers to cross the Channel to Kent will be donated to charity. Groups like the RNLI and Sea Scouts will be given the boats after they've been checked out by the Home Office. They've been building up in Dover after hundreds of people made the dangerous journey recently. Kent Online News. Now, a Kent mum, who was often forced to go without basic hygiene products, says it's a hidden problem that's affecting many more people. As a single parent, Rachel couldn't always afford toiletries as she had to prioritise feeding her family. The 35-year-old now works at the Hygiene Bank in Ashford to help other people in a similar position. She's decided to speak to the Kent Online podcast as part of National Hygiene Week. I was a young single mum and it was important to me that um, as I went through financial difficulty that others you know, didn't feel the need and were aware of where they could go to for help for hygiene products. Um, it was something where, you know, at times when the washing machine would break down that you'd have to think between food or hygiene products and obviously you choose food and nappies. Uh, so hygiene products f- for myself, for confidence and for my self-esteem obviously went second and weren't available to me or I didn't know that they were available to me. So it's really important for me to get the word out in my local community that there's always somewhere to go and somewhere to get these products from. What sort of impact did that have on you as a young mum? Um, it was hard, uh, like I said, with self-esteem um, and my confidence, getting jobs, um, access to work. Um, you felt like your place in society wasn't the same as everybody else's. Um, but, you know, you wanted things to change and you do what's best for your family. And you, you mentioned there, perhaps if the the washing machine had broken, then maybe you, you didn't wash the clothes as regularly and, and you had to prioritise food, obviously. But w- what sort of other things did you go without at times? Um, you obviously go without the washing deter- detergent and, and washing. You'd have to take your washing to the laundry, the laundrette. Um, you um, go without, obviously, um, soap. There's so many things you can use washing washing up liquid for, for your shampoo and things. So you double up on what you can. Um, obviously, making sure that your children have, you know, fed nappies, washed and wiped. <laughs> Absolutely. But as you say, that really must have affected you personally. How important is it then that you do get involved in this project and kind of make people aware that they can go somewhere else to get a bit of support? Well, um, this week is really important to us getting everything highlighted we try and get our name out there on facebook to the local community so that people know where they can get products from we um, work with charity partners and community centers primary schools and food banks and we try and get out there on facebook and instagram where we're donating to so people can know where they can collect these these hygiene products from I should think for a lot of us, we hear about poverty, but the the hygiene poverty seems to be a very specific part of it that maybe not many people have heard of before. Is is that what you kind of found until you experienced it yourself? 
Yes, yeah. Well, we know that long before families and individuals go to a food bank, they're more likely to give up essentials such as toothpaste, soap, period products and, and toilet roll. Um, when someone can't afford to maintain basic personal hygiene, obviously, like I said, this can have such a dramatic consequence on self-esteem and access to workplace in society. With one in five people living in poverty, it's feared many are suffering low self-esteem because they can't keep clean. A Sheppey man in his 80s has been attacked and robbed in his own home by men pretending to be police officers. They forced their way into his house on First Avenue in East Church on Tuesday night, searched him and stole a wallet and cash. Detectives are trying to track down the suspects. We've got descriptions of them on the website. There are fears increased traffic during the school run in Rochester could lead to accidents. It's claimed drivers are mounting pavements, parking on double yellow lines and blocking driveways near Rochester Grammar and the Math School. Both schools and the police urging motorists to take more care. Meantime, a drop-off zone is set to be created near Reculver Primary in Herne Bay to try and tackle a similar problem there. It's been made worse by construction vehicles heading to a nearby 40-home development. The head is hoping to secure funding from the council to get it done. There are calls today for donations to be made to a Kent animal park to help replace equipment lost during a large fire. Two red squirrel enclosures were destroyed in the blaze at Wildwood near Canterbury earlier this week, killing one of the rare animals. The fire was started by a spark from a log burner and while it caused thousands of pounds worth of damage, bosses say it could have been a lot worse. Paul Whitfield is Director General of the Wildwood Trust. It's been a really difficult couple of days at Wildwood. The fire was pretty substantial, but we were incredibly lucky that it was contained. Uh, it's contained to quite a small area that's away from where the public are, and the fire brigade were on site really quickly, and so it didn't cause too much damage. Um, but obviously we're looking today at the damage that's, that has been caused. We've lost two of our red squirrel breeding enclosures and a, and a shed full of all our full of all our volunteers' equipment, so gloves and shovels and forks, all the stuff they use for looking after the park. You know, we have teams of volunteers in most days, you know, just helping us out with maintenance and looking after the place. And obviously all that equipment's been completely lost. A lot of that was donated by the public. So we're not going to be doing a huge fundraising appeal out of a situation like this. You know, people have been enormously generous already. But what we really are going to be doing is asking people to donate equipment or we're going to have an Amazon wish list as well with lots of the equipment that we've lost. So it'd be really great if people could help us out with helping us replenish some of the stuff that we've lost. Two Kent hospitals are being given £7 million between them to upgrade their A&E departments. The William Harvey in Ashford and the QEQM in Margate are getting the funding as part of a government plan to reduce overcrowding and improve infection control. It's all ahead of what could be a busy winter because of the pandemic. Cuxton Tip in Medway is going to reopen next month for the first time since March. The Waste and Recycling Centre on the A228 Sundridge Hill has been closed since lockdown was announced. And two of Canterbury's biggest Christmas events have been cancelled because of the pandemic. Organisers say they won't be able to run the light switch on or Christmas Eve charity carol singing. The Marlowe Theatre's pantomime and the ice rink in Danejong Gardens have already been cancelled, while the St Nicholas Festival Parade is under review.
Finally today, in cricket, Kent have missed out on a chance to go top of the T20 Blast South Group after losing to Middlesex. The Spitfires were beaten by just two runs at Canterbury and are now second in the table. They're taking on Essex in their next match tomorrow afternoon. That's it for today, but you can also now subscribe to the IM News app. That's to access all KM Group newspapers. Head to iliffmediasubs.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.